Do I have a weird one for you? Here is what Craig Groeschel and Catholicism have in common. Welcome to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence. If this is your first time, you have come to the right place. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. If you would like to support the show, uh, like or subscribe, um, do whatever you can, uh, wherever you listen to this video, it helps spread the word. And probably the biggest thing you can do is share it with a friend, uh, some friend who you think would benefit from this, which honestly is any single evangelical. So share away. I also have a, a Patreon where I uh, have 100% more uh, patrons than I did a couple weeks ago, which is now two. So if you are one of those, uh, I am I am honored and I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much for helping me out. Uh, I can now almost afford the weekly subscription cost uh, that it costs to um, upload my podcast to the internet. So I'm almost breaking even. <laughs> that's that's uh, encouraging. So I am very far from Catholic. And if you've been listening to me, you know that. If you see uh, the, the things I post and comment on Instagram, you would know that. It's not really a passion of mine, though, to, to speak against Catholic theology. Um, and I'll tell you more if you stick around. It's not really a passion of mine, um, per se, but I do believe that faithful Roman Catholics have doctrine that directly contradicts Scripture, the Word of God, and does not save. I think faithful Roman Catholics are not faithful Christians. Uh, and Jesus saves us totally apart from our works, though we ought to have good works, which are a fruit of our faith, which is a gift from God. And uh, Ephesians 2.8 proves this. Uh, James 2 also supports my point, if uh, any Catholics clamor in here and decide to use James 2 against me. If you read it the way it's meant to be read, um, it actually supports my point. <clears throat> so anyway, that aside, I've made a couple of posts analyzing Catholicism uh, or some arguments that I hear from Catholics often on Instagram. And all this started back when I made a real, like a short, you know, 15, 30 second video that got really, really popular, uh, like 150,000 views, I think, maybe more, um, about how Christians have a tendency to idolize their churches and their pastors. And for some reason, the Instagram algorithm decided to send that post to a lot of Catholics, and they were angry. I wasn't even thinking about Catholics when I posted this video. <laughs> but but they, they filled my comment section with like, oh, no, the church isn't an idol. Which is funny, because I wasn't saying that the church is an idol. I was saying, your church can be an idol. And no Christian ought to disagree with that. But it's like if you say the word idol, what I have noticed, certain people, usually people with, I mean, no, 100%, people with idols, they come out of the woodwork and say, no, Mary's not an idol. I didn't even say Mary. Churches can be idols. No, the Catholic Church isn't an idol. I didn't even say that. 
but that's what they do. That's what they have done on Instagram, uh, verifiably so, at least at least to me. And you can go see it. Uh, it's it's pretty entertaining. So, because I kept hearing the same thing over and over, I decided to make a post to answer a lot of these arguments. Um, and and then I heard a lot of different, but you know, the same kinds of arguments. And so I made another post. Uh, but anyway, that's that's all just laying the foundation for uh, for this. Craig Groeschel thing. It was really interesting. So Craig Groeschel is this uh, super famous big shot. You know, he's written a bunch of books. I think he's big into uh, leadership and teaching people how to be a good leader. You know, he's one of those dime a dozen mega church, big Eva, you know, evangelical pastors, quote unquote pastors. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later too. Uh, but something really interesting happened on Instagram this week when Craig Rochelle posted a, a, a video and, and some photos from a service, quote unquote, that their church held uh, in virtual reality. So they jumped in on this metaverse thing, uh, you know, it's right, they were on the cutting edge of the trends. And... So they aired their service in this video game, basically, in this virtual reality room where these little characters, these little video game characters could sit in this video game theater and watch a real video of Craig Groeschel's service being live streamed. And, you know, that's fine. And as far as it goes, whatever. You know, if the teaching is good. (laughs) But they called that church. And that's one thing that that I took an objection to. Um, because online church isn't church. And I've made an episode about this. I think it's called um, Tearing Down the Scam of Online Church. So go listen to that. Uh, I I think I develop a a very solid argument with biblical evidence as to why online church is not church. But long story short, church requires gathering, physical gathering. and, And virtual reality doesn't accomplish that. Uh, TVs don't accomplish that. Phones don't. Letters don't. You know, it, nothing accomplishes that except for physical gathering. And that's also because of the things that Christians are commanded to do as a part of the church, which also require gathering, which is to serve each other in certain ways. And uh, we can only serve each other in those certain ways if we are physically able to meet, you know, uh, which is why church church is closing down over the past couple of years because you know why, uh, is a horrible, horrible thing. Um, it's not loving to close your church, which God commands you to gather in. <clears throat> but anyway, all that aside, the other thing that I took objection to in this post was in the video, they did that thing that mega churches do a lot, or that these, you know, just big, trendy, dime a dozen, cookie cutter churches do, where at the end of the service they say, you know, with your with everybody's eyes closed, uh, I just want you to raise your hand if if you have prayed this prayer today, and you know, come to the back after the service, and we'll we'll pray with you, or you know, whatever. And people raise their hand, and in in the in the comment in the video, it says that like two people as have accepted Christ on virtual reality today, and like we have two salvations, yay, whatever. That's another thing I take objection with. Uh, yep, yeah, maybe those people are saved, but I highly doubt it. Uh, and teaching people 
that all they need to do to be saved is to raise their hand and, uh, you know, mark it on a clipboard so that your numbers look really, really good that year. Uh, that's not the way that we ought to do things. That's not the way that salvation works. Uh, not at all. And so I took objection with those two things and I just made a post on Instagram kind of responding to that, which just basically, uh, very briefly said virtual reality church isn't church. Um, God chooses the way that we ought to worship and God defines church. We don't define what church is. God does. Um, and then uh, raising your hand doesn't save you. <laughs> um, and by the way, I am I am losing followers day by day on Instagram. And, and it might be a combination of, well, I, I don't think my posts are extra spicy. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't follow me on Instagram, go do it. Um, and then share some stuff on Instagram too if you want to help me uh, help me reach more people who are actually interested in seeing what I have to say. Uh, but I do know that Instagram is really turning up the uh, the censorship. So uh, you know all my posts are reaching fewer people, but at least the podcast has been growing steadily, which is great, awesome. So thank you all for listening. But anyway, the point is, uh, I, m- I made these comments. And somebody made a fascinating comment in response. Somebody who follows me, I think. I think it was a follower. Somebody who likes my stuff and who has read a lot of the stuff that I have put out so far had just the most fascinating comment. And and I was thinking about it uh, for a couple of days. And um, I wanted to kind of make a podcast episode about it and also try to offend Two groups at once, Catholics and people who like Craig Rochelle. <laughs> so what happened was uh, he said that I know you're not a fan of Catholicism, but when I was trying to tell people how to worship and that and try to tell people what church is and try to structure it, you know, try to very clearly structure church and worship. He said, I know you're not a, a fan of Catholicism, but that seems pretty Catholic to me. And and that took me back. And I'm like, why? I was thinking to myself, why does that seem Catholic? But I also thought to myself, I remember now that I used to have that same assumption about people who wanted to very clearly structure their services. I thought services um, that, you know, had a had a very clear format. You know, I thought even services that read the Word of God or had people stand up and sit. Uh, I remember when I was much younger, I had this impression that, oh man, we're getting dangerously close to Catholic territory, (laughs) which looking back is absolutely ridiculous um, that I thought that. Uh, It's crazy, but but I had this assumption in my mind, and and I'm not saying that this is where the the guy who commented was coming from, but but this is where, you know, I, I could see that I could see myself years ago thinking something like that if somebody came to me and said, look, this is exactly how you ought to worship, and this is exactly what church is. Because in reality, we, I mean, just like I said in my post, we do not define these things. God does. And if there is a definition that God gives us, or if there is a structure that God gives us, 
then we ought to follow that structure. Now, God doesn't give us a you know an exact structure of, of what a service should look like. He do, he doesn't in the Bible. It's not there, and so we that's that's why there are so many different types of services. But we can know certain things that are bad, like for example, um, to come to salvation, all you have to do is pray a prayer and raise your hand. You know that we know that that is unbiblical, but. You know, if you want to have lights in your church or, uh, well, do I even want to say that? I was going to say lights and a and a smoke, a, what's it called? A fog machine. But but then I'm like, I don't, uh, there, to me there's a problem with turning worship into a show because worship is for God and then having all this flashy stuff uh, that... To me, that makes it that focuses things more on you and your production value instead of actually adding to the to the skillfulness of the music. So anyway, ah, I, I think you know what I'm saying, though. Hopefully, uh, that that there are certain differences that are allowable, so that there's not a, a super cut and dry way that we have to structure our services. You know, we don't know how many pews need to be in the sanctuary or the dimensions of the sanctuary or what the pastors required to wear, you know, that kind of thing. But I remember thinking that, you know, rules equals bad because Jesus is supposed to give us freedom. He frees us from sin. He breaks our chains. Uh, we, we are freed from the law under Jesus. And so therefore we don't have to follow any rules is what I used to think. But I know now that in reality, we are free from the law, but we need to follow what is in Scripture because we are saved. Not to be saved, but because we are saved, because we love Jesus, we need to follow what God has given to us in Scripture. We need to follow these principles and these rules and the laws that apply to us. Uh, and to do the opposite actually means that we don't love Jesus. And so whenever there is... a there's a, a church or a denomination or an organization or whatever that is that claims to be Christian and they seem to have a total disregard for certain uh, principles or teachings or even laws in scripture, uh, then that's a really, really good sign that that uh, they, they could not even be a legitimate church. They could not even be a, a saved church, you know. Maybe the majority of people in the church isn't saved. Maybe the leadership isn't saved. Um, but at the very least, there are serious red flags uh, in that church that need to be confronted as soon as possible, is what I would say if, if certain things are happening like this in churches. Um, but so I, so I used to have this thought that Christians need to be free from the law. So we, we need to flee from all these silly rules and live the way that we want, because true worship is to, you know, have this, have this totally original personal expression. That's what God likes the most. But the thing is, that's not what the Bible says. Uh, and, and so how do, how have we come to think, well, what God wants is me to be individual with my worship. Well, because we just make it up and that's exactly what God doesn't want us to do because he gives very clear outlines. Um, uh, the, the outlines that he does give us is clear uh, on 
how we ought to worship him and, and the kinds of worship that are that's in the Bible. Uh, and even that there is a, a value to corporate worship and not just by yourself. You know, there, there's really not this idea of, well, I can, you know, I can worship God sitting in my recliner with a cup of coffee or I can uh, going to church for me is to go to a coffee shop with my friends or going to church with me is or for me is hiking in the woods. Uh, that's just made up garbage. Which, incidentally, is the problem with Catholicism. They have these made-up rules and made-up rituals that, that many of them have absolutely no foundation in Scripture whatsoever. And they'll say, well, you have to follow the traditions um, that have been passed down to you. But the traditions according to what? If you don't ground those traditions in something objective like God's Word, then... You know, I could create a tradition right now of spinning around three times before I pray, which incidentally is a whole lot like crossing your chest or using weird beads to pray with. And so to me, it's not the the rule following that's bad. You need to be sure that you're following the right rules. So, you know, everybody has to follow rules. Either you're following rules that you create or you're following rules that God creates or you're following rules that someone else creates. But when we're dealing with God, we need to make sure that we are following the rules that God creates and not the rules that anyone else creates whatsoever. And the issue with Roman Catholic uh, doctrine and rituals is that they are man-made, many of them. You know, and, and of course, there's, some, there's a whole lot of overlap with um, evangelical doctrine, with biblical Christian doctrine. Um, but I think because of the works stuff and because of the emphasis on um, actual, legitimate, real-life idols, <laughs> uh, faithful Roman Catholics don't have a, a saving saving doctrine. They cannot have a saving faith if they're putting their faith in uh, praying to dead people. Oh, but they're not dead. They're alive in heaven. I know, I know, I know. Just go look at my posts on Instagram and you'll find answers to all these things if, if you happen to have uh, stumbled in here and you're a Catholic and you haven't clicked off yet and uh, disliked the video. So just, just try, I've answered those things. <laughs> I've heard it before. You can't tell me anything new. Um, but man, I sure would like to hear something new from, from uh, some of the Catholics filling my inbox. Uh, so what does this have to do with Craig Groeschel? What, what the heck does any of this have to do with Craig Groeschel? Why, why are you bringing Catholics and Craig Groeschel into this together? Well, because one... Uh, th- this this whole thing is connected, uh, you know, in my thought process with what happened in Instagram. It was very interesting at all. Uh, like this person was like, that's very Catholic of you. Uh, and really, the, the person who is being more Catholic here is not me, but it's Craig Groeschel. And here's why. Because Craig Groeschel and his church is also departing from the Bible to create their own design for worship and church. Make sense? Craig Rochelle is defining church unbiblically in such a way that includes virtual reality, where people can not physically gather. He's changing the definition of church from what God intended to something that fits you know, his trendy narrative. He, he wants to impress people. He wants to be trendy. Um, he wants to change 
even the concept of conversion. And, you know, he's not doing anything new by asking people to raise their hands if they've accepted Christ today. Quote, unquote, accepted Christ. Um, but that's not new stuff. So he's he's gotten that from somewhere, uh, and and tons of people do it across the country. But it's a but it's a problem, and it's invented, and that's not the way people are saved in Scripture. Uh, we don't we don't know the the second of people's salvation, and on top of that, we don't accept Jesus. Jesus chooses us and saves us. We don't. I I hate this. Um, I had a conversation with a friend a few weeks ago about various kind of phrases that we grow up with. It's kind of unbiblical and it may lead us down a, a rabbit trail of bad theology if we don't cross-check these uh, these beliefs that we grow up with or these, these um, idioms or phrases that we are taught uh, if we don't cross-check them with Scripture. But one of them is... Um, uh, I forgot what it was. Anyway, <laughs> whatever, I'll, uh, I'll remember it and I'll post about it or, or say it in my next video. Um, or maybe I'll remember it in just a bit. But it may, maybe it was the sinner's prayer. Um, but yeah, the sinner's prayer is one thing. Um, and oh, accepting Jesus. That was the thing I remembered. Yeah, accepting Jesus. Um, that, that we don't, we don't have... You know, it's like the God of the universe wants to save us and, you know, wants to wants to get into our heart and and we are more powerful than him and we can hold him out. Uh, I, no, that's I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that that's biblical. But uh, but all that aside, the accepting Jesus is the least of the worries here. It's the raising your hand, because to me, the, the whole problem with that seems like um uh, like the whole purpose is just to put a tally mark on a clipboard to have good numbers and say, aha, my church, as they beat their breast, my church has saved this many billions of trillions of people this year. Yeah, because if you live in a world where raising your hand or saying a prayer is how you accept Christ, then well, how do you know that that counted? How do you know that your prayer was good enough? How do you know that you were sincere when you raised your hand? So maybe next week you'll raise your hand again. And then, oh, well, I was I was kind of a jerk last week. I don't think I was saved. I'm going to raise my hand again this week. And all of a sudden you are just creating false converts that believe they're not good enough to be saved because you're not teaching them good doctrine of Christ and salvation. And so uh, I, I did some. Re- I, I didn't even know who Craig Groeschel was. I did, you know. I know he's a big popular author, but I don't think I've ever read any of his books. Um, but I looked into him briefly, and then some. Some a very helpful person. Uh, she shared a lot of links and, and videos, um, kind of critiquing some of Craig Groeschel's theology, uh, what he's taught, um, a lot of the people that he hangs out with, people who he's invited to preach. He's buddies with people like Stephen Furtick. And um, I think he he preached at Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's church one time, or maybe he invited somebody to preach at his church. Anyway, there's it, it's not only that he's friends with these people, but he has, um, he is like affirming their theology by t- teaching at their churches or allowing them to teach at, at his church. Um, but, but, you know, even then 
there are out of out of however many good teachers there are out there why would you spend time trying to defend somebody who even has a a reasonable probability of being compromised you know even if you've greatly benefited from reading a book of theirs in the past or maybe if you've uh you know if if you've heard a sermon and and felt really good from it or it encouraged you doesn't mean that they're a good teacher necessarily. And so there are lots of good teachers out there. There are even more good dead teachers where you could actually listen to audio of their sermons. You can read their books. You know, you don't have to read the the newest book that comes out that's probably by somebody who's woke. Read old books by guys that you know are solid. So if there's somebody like Craig Rochelle and you're not sure and you're like, well, I think I like the guy, but... Yeah, I don't know. People, a lot of people seem not to like him and have some pretty good reasons for it. Just, just forget him. There are so many actual good teachers out there to spend time on people like Craig Groeschel. So I'm, I'm not even going to bother getting into all the arguments uh, as to why Craig Groeschel and his church is a problem. But I would encourage you to do your own research, and hopefully you've concluded the same thing I have, which is if you have any of his books on your shelf, throw them away. Don't donate them or give them to anybody. Just throw them in the trash. <laughs> uh, stop, you know, stop dealing with these people because it's it's just bad theology. Uh, so hopefully I made kind of a fun connection there between Catholics and Craig Groeschel. The point is that they they abandon what Scripture has to say about certain things and they create their own understanding uh, apart from the Bible, which is the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be grounding our worship and our definition of, you know, the things that God creates like church uh, in scripture and not in anything separate from scripture, much less stuff that we make up or, or stuff that we have in, um, even in a tradition, you know, despite what the verse says about follow the traditions that have been passed down to you. Well, what if I have a tradition of like, yeah, of, um, killing people well yeah catholics would say follow that tradition obviously not that's ridiculous you know so the verse cannot possibly mean traditions are good yeah follow traditions no it has to be good traditions which are grounded in scripture that's the whole thing so that applies to evangelicals too we have traditions and we ought to be grounding all of those traditions in scripture i've seen very new churches you know churches well they think they're old, but, you know, churches that have been around maybe 100 years, 50 years, whatever, and people's parents and parents' parents have gone to the church, and they have all these traditions, and, and they're like, well, we've done this for 150 years, and we're not going to change it or whatever. I've worked at a church like that, um, but really, you know what an older tradition is? God. <laughs> you know, God, God has been around a little bit longer than your church, uh, and so if this little man-made tradition came around 100 years ago, big whoop faithfulness is a little older than a hundred years. You know, God's covenant with Abraham is a little older than the Catholic church even, right? Uh, The Trinity kind of always existed. And, you know, this, this good God that any created being has a responsibility to love and follow. That's a, that's a little bit older than the traditions of your church. So uh, let's stick with scripture. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. God bless.